Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Hello, podcast listeners. My name is Kelly Richardson Lawson. I'm a mother, a wife, and an entrepreneur. I started the Sunrise Project after our beautiful teenage son attempted to take his own life. Truth is, I'm tired. My husband and I felt despair, isolation, and immeasurable pain. I knew in my heart we needed a place for Black parents to share their struggles, find mutual support, and help our beloved children who struggle with mental wellness, addiction, or both. Each weekly podcast features an expert who shares their knowledge and takes questions from parents and children. Take me to the king. I don't have much to bring. The Sunrise Project allows Black families, like ours, to find comfort in knowing that we are not alone. While the purpose of the Sunrise Project is to share, support, and uplift, this conversation is not a substitute for medical advice. Finding the right healthcare professional for your family's specific needs is crucial. If you do not feel seen or heard, you should speak to more than one professional to find the right fit. Good morning and welcome to our weekly Sunrise Project call on this beautiful morning. I really appreciate you being here with us today and hope that, as always, we find a moment of peace and comfort as we share in a safe space that's filled with love and a desire to heal ourselves and our families. Really appreciate you being here on this very special morning. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, to the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. That is my daily prayer, and uh, I am a work in progress for sure. Uh, this morning, I want to welcome back my dear, dear, dear friend, Sylvia High, who you've met before um, here with us. And some of you may have experienced her transformational workshops. She runs a company called Aiming High. I have experienced her workshops on many occasions and they have just transformed my life. She's an expert coach. She's an author. Um, she's a healer. She is a specialist in uh, transformation. And she's here with us today to talk about purpose and how we can all try to figure out our purpose while we help our children as well discover their purpose. Um, so I am delighted to have you back. And I just want to say I appreciate you so much, Sylvia, uh, for being here with us today. So I'm going to turn it over to you and just thank you so much for being here. Oh, I'm excited to be here, Kelly. Wow. I was just thinking about our topic and I can't even begin to tell you my mind is like racing. So I'm going to try to like get it all in as much as I can in one hour uh, or less. But uh, as I think about our topic, which was, and I wrote lots and lots of notes, I want to say I'm probably going to leave you with way more questions than answers, right? Some things for us to think about to guide us along the way. Purpose. 
and how do we support our young teens and young adults to find their purpose? And I began to think about it and reflect on it and to be quite transparent, it became a bit daunting and overwhelming when I began to think about teens and young adults and helping them find their purpose. And then reflecting on myself as an adult, still that, that purpose thing can be elusive. You know, it's like a moving target. And so I start reflecting, well, Sylvia, when did you really know what your purpose was? And so I ask all of you right now, just to pause for a moment and begin to ask yourself that question. When did you find out what your purpose was? And if I could just have people tell me a little bit about when that was, what happened. And then I got another question and then I have a few things I wanna share. So can I know exactly where I was, what happened, the whole thing. Mm. Uh, does anybody else know where they were, what happened, or was it a gradual process when you think about finding your own purpose? I'll share. For me, it was at your uh, supercharge, I believe. Mm. Mm. And I was there. Um, there were about 10 students in that Atlanta workshop. And you had us do an exercise for homework one night and that's when it started to come to life for me and I shared and opened up some things I had not shared previously mm -hmm. so that release of so much information that I have been holding inside forever you know since mm -hmm. high school I think really freed me in mm -hmm. order to walk in what I believe my purpose is finally oh great thanks Kelly other folks anybody else remember I See, Kelly Chapman says, it was when I left corporate America at the age 37, I was clear that I was chasing money or titles. Thank you, Kelly. Anybody else want to share where they were, when they realized? I can remember standing in my girlfriend's living room and she said, you know, you need to do that because I was showing her how to do something. And I, she said, but you need to do that you know, do online courses. That's what she said, actually. And it, it was a moment. I honestly think I had, that was an epiphany. And I thought I'd always, you know, I didn't know what an epiphany was, but when it happened and when she said it, I literally felt an energy in my body. I literally felt warm and tingly. And I, I kind of like teared up a little bit and she's like, what? And I was like, I don't know, but I really feel like that's what I'm supposed to be doing. You're right. And it just mm -hmm. from there on drove me from that very moment for like the last three years in her living room. I can remember exactly how I felt. That's when I realized. Yeah. And for most of us, we didn't say we were teenagers. Now, I have always I'm not a person. I've never been jealous hearted and I'm not an envious person. But I will tell you the group of people that I envy the most is the people that came to the planet clear. Oh, I want to be a singer. Oh, I want to be a doctor. Oh, I want you know, I. And that was not my journey at all. So mine was, I did what I was supposed to do, you know, went to college, got good grades and went and worked for that good, good company and made that good, good check and was supposed to retire. And I would keep getting these great jobs and about a year and a half in, if I could make it a year, I would either quit or get fired. So I quit or got fired from every job I ever had in my entire life, right? And it was, a, and my mom was my biggest cheerleader. So it's like I could never do really any wrong. 
So I would go, mom, you know, these people, blah, 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 everything. And she was like, well, you don't have to take that. You're smart. Get you a new job. You know, so I'd go get the new job. And then year in, I start, well, these folks don't like me. Baby, you don't have to take that. Get you a new job. So third job, six-year cycle, she says, now, wait a minute. Everybody can't not like you. Everybody can't be, you know, every job that can't, you're the common denominator. And I remember saying, that's it. And I quit my last job that year. And I lived in Seattle, Washington at the time. And I weeped. I feel like I filled up Lake Washington because I was starting to feel like I'm a loser. Oh my God, am I ever going to figure myself out? And I made a decision that I would not get another job until I figured out what, what was going on with me. And I was asking all the wrong questions. What's wrong with me? How do I keep, why do I keep doing this? And it wasn't until I asked the right question, why am I here? And I could see the day and everything. And what came in my head, the voice of God, but it wasn't like God, but you know what I mean. It was, I'm here to make a difference. Then a second question came right after that is, what do I love? And that was people. And that's all I had. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm here to make a difference and I love people. But I didn't take another job. And that was the beginning and so I ask us to look at from the time that you realize what your purpose was or had an epiphany or start, then begin to think for ourselves, how did it evolve from there? Because from that day, many, many years ago, it has evolved. Yes, I love people. And yes, I love making a difference. But it's evolved quite a bit. When I started to think about it, what had me be overwhelmed when I think about purpose, I start to feel like it's constricting the way that most of us look at it. So I'm gonna invite you all and myself to turn it on its head just for a bit, right? And consider these things. So nothing I'm saying is the truth, nor am I saying what I say is right. I'm gonna simply offer a couple points of view that will, I think, support, especially you parents that are still guiding your children to find their way, right? So here's some things to think about. I took a lot of notes down. How have you become to understand how your purpose has evolved? I've already asked you this. But what I find is that people that are in search for purpose, they're usually really in search for a thing to do. When they think of purpose, and you'll hear people often say, well, I thought this was my purpose. I thought this was my purpose. And they look under the rock. Oh, I thought this was my purpose. That's not it. Under another rock. I thought this was my purpose. That isn't it. You move to a new place. Oh, I thought my purpose was here and it's not in that place. So we're looking under these rocks and going from place to place, looking for this purpose. That's this thing that's very kind of finite, right? And I find when we tend to go looking for a purpose, if we're not careful, our purpose becomes looking for our purpose, if you will. And so we don't want to live our lives looking for our purpose. And I think that a lot of us fall into that trap when, when we're looking at it as a thing to do versus what I am asking us to consider today, that it's not a thing to do, but it's, it's something to be. Mm -hmm. who we're supposed to be in the world, right? And specifically versus looking at purpose, I 
going to ask us to consider looking at value, getting to purpose through value. And I'll be very transparent with you all. You know, I have a, a brilliant, brilliant friend that every time I have a conversation that I'm going to talk about or speech, I quite frankly call him. He's a double Ivy League graduate, la, 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 this, right? I said, come on, I'm going to use your brain. I'm going to use it up because he's all retired, right? And so he and I was having this conversation. He goes, Sylvia, it's really about value. What if we really, rather than looking at what to do, and in guiding our children in particular to their purpose, let's look at their, what do we value? And if we come from value, we can find that we will get access to fulfillment in many, many different ways. So I wanna say a little bit more about that. Holding a value can have us arrive at fulfillment through many different avenues. Now, why this got emotional for me, I had never really understood, and I know a lot of people say this, that their mother is amazing. But for real, my mother is like, she was off the chain amazing. And the only way I could describe her often, I would say, gosh, she was born way before her time. And how did she raise all of us to turn out the way we turned out? And we're a very different bunch, right? is four of us, my sisters and I are 16 months apart. And then there's my brother who I'm 16 years older than, right? And what I came to know from this conversation, it was a value base. She, it was value based. And I remember distinctly, not once, but many, many times over, she would say, mama really don't care what you decide to do. You know, do whatever you wanna do but I do care who you are. I want you to be a good person, be honest, have integrity, you know, uh, believe in yourself like that. Value your opinions over other people and care about other people. I mean, there was so many things that these value-based, and I don't care how many times I would go to her with a question she never would answer, the question with an answer, she would answer the question with the question which then taught me that my thoughts mattered and my voice mattered. So all of this has really come that I've been able to give access to this language that I'm sharing with you this morning through thinking about this conversation. So what if it's not about how having our children find their purpose, but together with them figuring out what do they value? and engaging with them around their values. Not an easy thing for a parent because we really mostly wanna engage with them around what we value, right? So for instance, say you have someone that values compassion, right? You have a child that's naturally compassionate. You see that they're very compassionate. And if we engage with that value of compassion, that can show up in a purpose in many different ways. They might be a doctor. They may end up using that to be a priest, a nun, um, a healer, a psychologist, a social worker. If you got a kid that's always standing up for the, their rights, so here's someone that values justice, right? So we wanna tap into the fact that they value justice. Now they might become a lawyer, a lawmaker, a politician, a judge, 
a advocate, uh, you know, shelter for battered animals because they stand for justice. So I'm going to ask you to begin to explore, you know, what are some of the values when you think about your children that they carry? But it would start with what? Your values. What are some of your values? But if we want to help them find their purpose, I believe it really does start with us sitting with them in their values. So now how does that happen? It starts with generous listening, like listening to what they have to say versus what we have to say about what they're saying, which is very, very challenging. So that's one, listen to learn versus to judge and teach actually listening to learn, not to spy, but just to actually learn what's in their head, what's in. And that was one of the shrewdest things my mother ever did. She would just listen, listen. What she was doing was evaluating our minds. So she had us so freed up that we just, blah, 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 blah. we would just tell her everything. And so <laughs> because we never felt judged and it was so unconditional, at least that was our experience she was able to hear, she listened generously. Hearing so what they have to pause say. on that, just because sure. I think some of us are dealing with, you know, the challenge of listening generously when some of the things being said are, you know, quite uh, crazy, challenging, yes. And <laughs> so how do you basically keep your mouth, you know, shut and just allow the child or the person, the young person to just be because you're right, like with them opening up is so powerful. At the same time, how do you drop a nugget versus like saying that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard or that sounds so crazy or whatever it is. How do you do that? It's a balancing act. I, and I think I shared this with you all the last time we were together. Um, so my husband, I'm not a biological mother, so I'm always like, oh, what am I going to say? Actually, to folks, think I got all these grand ideas, right? But I am a um, stepmother to an amazing woman now. But when I married her dad, she was 17, and she's his only child, and he's an alpha, alpha male, right? And I start to notice the dynamics. And I, and I can't say this enough. If you can think of your children as like a a bank account, and you've got to put a lot, and just because we feed, clothe, they're yours, you gave them life, you give them food, you, you, you do all of those. We actually believe that that earns us the right to be heard and respected and listened to. Hate to tell you, it doesn't. You got to earn it from them, right? And now we all got to keep this in perspective given the continuum of mental, emotional health and wellness. So with all things considered, you know, you got to find yourself in the, on this continuum, depending on what's going on with your children. Right. But with her, she was simply a, um, a young woman that had been uh, very cuddled. Right. And was very smart and was starting to experience herself as smothered by her father. And he did not know how to not, it was like, ooh, impossible. If something wasn't logical, it didn't make sense or it was gonna take her in the wrong direction. It was just pure bad decision. He would just want to comment and correct. 
And I put him on it. I said, I, I challenge you. You give me six months of no corrections, just deposits, just deposits. Mm -hmm. And what that mean by deposits, affirming mm -hmm. or not saying anything, just acknowledging, oh, that's interesting. That's what my mother would say when she thought stuff was dumb. I realize now that's what she meant. I didn't know it then though. You know, oh, that's interesting. I wouldn't have thought of it that way, but I never felt stupid. So it mm -hmm. kept me open to engage. So I put him on this thing and he didn't, he did not, it was hard, but he did not do any corrections, just affirming and not fake and inauthentic because they can feel that too. Mm -hmm. And then it went from, she used to call me consistently with all issues, talk me off the ledge to now she rarely calls me other than just to kid around, but her issues, she now takes to her father. And that came from deposits, 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 and it was not easy. So mm -hmm. we know that that's a challenge. Yeah. All right. Thank um, you. So generous listening, uh, listening to what they have to say versus what we have to say and to not fake listen, to actually be interested when you, and that's not easy either because some of the stuff you're just not interested in, but taking the time and having yourself be interested, uh, hearing what they have to say um, and letting them share their values. The bottom line is that we were all born into a value system every one of us, right? And I ask you to look now, as we're talking this morning, what's your value systems, you know? And how have you passed, and don't hear this like right, wrong, good, bad, got it right, agree, disagree, but how have you passed your value systems onto your children? These are just questions that I want you to be in. Which ones have they embraced? Which ones are they rebelling against when you start to think about your own value systems? Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. You know, we all can get bogged down in the habits and, and, and things and behaviors that some work, some don't. Uh, we get caught up in structures that we've created, our structures that we've allowed to be imposed upon us, you know, from society. I want you to check in now and really ask yourself, are you living with values that no longer serve you? What are some of the old historical values that you've had, that you've heard around parenting or just have become automatic or habits that's no longer serving? So just, you know, over the next few weeks, I'd ask you, remember, no blame. These are just questions. It's not right or wrong, but like really looking, hmm, this is something I've been valuing and it's not working. It's going against who I'm raising, right? Look at values that we inherited, like from our, our cultural upbringings, society, family. I know I grew up in a very specific kind of um, African-American community, Black community. 
and there was a thing called community standing, you know, upstanding citizens. That was like a big deal. The, you know, people were very much labeled and there was a lot around that. And so there was some community values that got imposed upon me that I had to let go of in order to live the life of freedom that I have now. So I would ask you to look at faith values. How have your faith values consciously or unconsciously been passed on to them? And then how have your challenges and journey with your children at this time evolved your faith journey? What is um, this walk with your children asking of you in terms of elevating your faith journey? So we wanna hop to purpose, but I think we gotta get to core before we can get to that. And I don't know that the way, the best way, in my opinion, to purpose is by looking at purpose because we turn it into a thing. Career values, how has that impacted? Some of us have a very specific way that you should get that good job like I was raised and work for that good company and retire. And so we impose that upon them. What about obligations? What's your values around obligations and how is that being imposed? Responsibility, what's your value? We have very specific ways that we think about what a responsible person looks like. And then when our children don't show up in that paradigm of what we have defined as responsible, then what? Like that. So how do we help our young teens and young adults find their purpose? that what I wrote down is to ask yourself, how can I be a vessel, a vessel for my child to discover their purpose? Not the sage on the stage, which as a parent, we're the sage, we're on the main stage, but really how do I become the guide on the side? And I promise you, I weeped after I had this conversation with my friend because I now had a, mm, getting emotional, damn it, renewed appreciation for my mother's brilliance because she never took that space. And so it allowed me to be in all kind of, I mean, I grew up in Palm Beach, Florida with some of the richest people in the world and the drugs was everywhere, sex, all of it. And how could I be the only one in that party and not get high? And I know it was because she asked me questions and she wanted each one of us to live our own lives. Mm -hmm. And being her daughter was enough and everything else was bonus. Mm -hmm. So I had a renewed appreciation just in preparing for this to be quite transparent about the brilliance of that and not telling me, but asking me what I think. So I feel like no matter what room I'm in, I get to say what I think. So um, those value systems, and I share with you all when I wanted the Fendi purse, and she said, well, you know, buy it if you like it, but I would never have anybody else's initials be more important than my own. Mm -hmm. So that was a value system of loving yourself, valuing yourself above any and everybody else, and loving others was another big value piece. And you could see it in all of her children, very different human beings. Mm -hmm. So I ask you that, so you wanna engage with them around their values, which is not easy given the different levels of maturity and the mental and emotional state that you might be dealing with. But you really do want to 
do the best that you can, given your own humanity around what they're valuing. Okay, so now not only this, when you ask how can I be a vessel to inspire my child to find their purpose, you've got to, every child needs something different, right? So is this person that I'm raising, they need inspiration. That was me. Mm-hmm. I needed to be adored and reassured and told all the time that I was great. You didn't need to reprimand me. I didn't need to get spankings or punishments. Just keep telling me I'm doing a good job. Or are you raising the person that you need to detach and give some space? See, mm-hmm. or, or is the way that the person that you're with are raising is about acceptance. You need to accept their friends, not agree with them, but Lord, if you resist them, you're going to drive them right to them, right? So mm-hmm. it's a it's a it's an interesting thing, and I shared this with you before. My sister made a bad bad judgment with a boyfriend in high school, and I hate using this word, but he would be considered a thug or whatever you want to. You'd find a nice word, but that's the word my mother used, right? And our whole family was up in arms. Like, these are not the kind of people that you, you know, this is not your kind. Mm -hmm. And the more we, from my sister and myself and my mother, pushed against this guy, then the next thing you know, they're engaged. Mm -hmm. She's left college to come home to, and this is a person, my sister don't even have to study to pass calculus, now go figure. And she drops out of college, gonna marry the thug like that. And so my mother gathered myself and my other sister, she says, do not speak against him or that situation, not one more time. It was not too much. She was like, I can't be with him, I'm out. She broke up with the guy. But the more we said, don't, 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 the more she was going to do it. So do you have someone that needs you to accept, not agree with their decisions? Yeah. You're speaking one. right to me. I see you smiling. Yeah. <laughs> no, I wasn't shy. I'm just right. I know, but it really is speaking, I think, to me and probably a lot of people. Like, this yeah. is really being... And y'all can shut me up if you need to ask some questions. No, you're like fantastic. That. Is this mm-hmm. going good? Okay, now conversation. Talking to them and with them. I really thought I was having conversations with my younger brother. He says, no, you don't talk. You never talk to me. I go, I talk to you all the time. He goes, no, you do not. Every time you talk to me, you're telling me what I should do and how my life could be better, right? And it was an arrogance on my part because I had that the way I live is better versus different. And this guy who called my brother his value systems is family, fun, joy. He goes, you're the one that wanted to change the world and becoming a gazillionaire. And do, that's what you want to do. I just want to start my business again, get married, have another kid and play some dominoes. Who are we raising? You know, I asked this last time, are you, do you have a creative and you're trying to raise a scientist or an accountant? Or do you have an accountant treating them like a creative? So we really have to engage with them around their values. Mentorship, which we all know may be one of the ways. Are you dealing with someone that might need separate space? Like space. That's very difficult for me with my nephew. He, he's, he likes to be alone and do his games and just engage. 
at a minimal and I want to talk and go. And at 11 and a half years old, he goes, auntie, does everything have to be a teaching moment? 11 and a half. I went, snap. So just hang out with them, Sylvia. Uh I almost don't know how to do it. I want to make sure no missteps, right? So when that came from the 11 and a half year old, now I just like kind of let him guide it and him engage. So I'm just giving you some things to think about. So do you have the person that's moody, that needs space, that needs quiet, and you want to process right now and got to talk about everything to the 10th degree, and that's not who you have. Then you might need to have someone that needs quantity time. That was me. I could never get enough of my mother. I was like, oh, I'll go. She'd go into the store. I'll come. You know, I would sit literally, we would latchkey kids. My other sisters would be tearing up the house. I'm sitting there actually looking at the doorknob, waiting for her to get home. So I am the child that needed her presence. I needed quantity and quality. My sisters did not need quality. As long as she was somewhere in the house, they were fine. So keep asking and looking to see. I think that's what I want to say there. And I said, ask yourself, who am I raising? And most times we go to personality. Oh, I have an introvert or an extrovert. Eh, that's just to scratch on the surface. Introvert, extrovert. We're so many, so many more layers to ourselves. And so when we start to look at our children, I think we want to look at them in a vast, a more vast way. And so some of the questions I wrote down was to perhaps ask yourself, am I raising someone who's capable of being successful in relationships? Now say that doesn't seem like a big deal, but if you got someone who meets no strangers, that's a hint of perhaps how that value can then become part of their purpose, right? Mm -hmm. So I know no strangers and I, came out talking. And instead of people saying she talks too much, (laughs) that would have been something to notice and use that, right? And I love people from the beginning, from the very beginning. So those kind of things. Or do you have someone that is able to move about in the world? You know, they're at home wherever they are. Maybe they're going to be the next, you know, National Geographic person. Got to get those, look for those clues. Who am I? Who am I raising? Maybe you have someone who's um, born to be a loving father or mother, and that's really their, their deepest desire. And that was a major conflict, I'll tell you that, between me, even myself, and my stepdaughter and my, and my husband. This child left here saying, all right, I'm headed to New York. I've had the biggest safety net of any human being on the planet. It's time for me to sort and I want to use my, she's got a degree in advertising and marketing and I'm going to go to New York and start my career there. So, you know, did all of what I knew to do, made some connections. She gets the great job and all of that. Less than a year and a half, meets a guy, moves in, has a baby. And she is happy as a clan. Guess what she loves more than anything is being a mother. And we got to see that this is what she loves. So now we're great grandparents and we have great relationships. 
because we had to get with her values. Mm -hmm. She was born to be an extraordinary mother and she happens to work, not the other way around, mm. where you're looking at a woman that at 15 years old said, mm, I don't want to be anybody's mother. I'm too selfish. I'm too self-centered, you know, all like that. So that was hard for me to conceive, mm. but that's who we had. Are y'all hearing me? Mm -hmm. Amazing. It's something, you know, so we have to ask ourselves, do you have someone perhaps that inspires others? Mm -hmm. Is that the person you have? So how do they use that? Do you have a leader? Mm -hmm. You know, do you have an analyst? Do you have a creative? Mm -hmm. So I think it starts there. Right. You know, with those things. And I'll ask you all to ask yourselves this. What is this journey with my child or how is this current journey? How is this journey, this current journey with my child? What values is it asking me to redesign? Mm -hmm. I think when you talked about being a guide on the side versus the sage on stage, that's so powerful. Mm -hmm. and figuring out the values because like you said I think most of us have these challenges where we're not you know we have a certain thing defined that we yes. think success is mm -hmm. and if we veer from that path our child may veer from that path all of a sudden there's something wrong and it may not be anything wrong mm -mm. so I like, that's I'll probably what I the biggest lesson that I've learned because I was not your straight narrow person I didn't go, go straight to you know my purpose, a lot of zigzags, zigzags, zigzags. And um, that was not true for most of my peers. Most of my peers have retired with incredible pensions on the third career with another organization. Girl, what? And I had never kept a job longer than a year. And this is pre.com. This is when companies said, no, you're not a good hire because we see you have a track record of not staying any place any, for any length of time. Now people think that's a great deal, right? So I've learned, I've learned in a real tangible way that everybody's journey looks different. We got to widen the gate a bit of how they get there, especially from a parenting perspective. My daughter is soaring now, but she, she changed colleges three times, you know, became a mother first, and then got married, oh God, you know, even in today's time. And, you know, she said, you guys, I can't believe when I told you guys I was having a baby, my boss was way more happy than you are. I can't believe it. I said, well, your boss is not thinking about what we're thinking about. You know, I said, your dad is already wondering what college the kid is going to go for and who's going to pay for it. You know what I'm saying? But, right. Mm -hmm. But we had to get in alignment with that person that we're right. um, I think I'd love to see if um, any of the callers wanted to just share or there's a lot of interesting things happening in the chat. People are saying, Woo, this is my life right now. Let's this do some reviews there, cool. Kelly. Yeah, a paradigm shift, someone has said. Excellent. I just want a child sometimes. I get so caught in how I'm going to raise, teach, mold, etc. But my child may not get to be or has lost so much childhood. I worry so much about the impact of pursuit. I think that's Ooh. so true and so deep because that's mm -hmm. what I think all of us have learned the hard way. 
There's a great question. How do you open up the dialogue with your child? How do you start the conversation about values? I would ask that. They're so advanced. You know, what do you value? You know, maybe it's, you know, if you could do anything in the world, if you weren't afraid, well, I think that's a, a question that's still, um, and I asked, I tried it out on my nephew and I got a lot of good answers. You know, Taiki, if you weren't afraid and you knew it could turn out and you could be and do anything you want to do, what would you do and what would your life look like? And he had some answers and he was going to do about 10 things. He was going to own a football team. He's going to be on a football team and he's going to, you know, and I didn't, I said, oh, wow, all of those are made. But that was from that one question, 11, 11 years old. You know, but I put the part, if you weren't scared, if you weren't afraid, if you, you know, knew you would win, what would you do? I think that's a great question to ask. Mm -hmm. What do you love? When are you most happy? I think really when you're most happy or what brings you joy, try them out and they'll give you the Mm -hmm. answers. I don't know. Why are you asking me that? I don't, you know, they'll, and then you just got to be with, okay with how they respond. But I would ask you to ask three questions to yourself that I share most often. What's working? What's not working? Or what worked or what didn't work if it's something that has happened in the past? Mm -hmm. And what will I do differently? And more importantly, what will I do differently? Who will I need to be distinct and different from who I've been historically in order to have it be different? In order for it to be different, you got to be different. Most of us think in order for it to be different, you got to do different. That's second. Mm-hmm. You got to be different in order for it to be different. And the time to be different is at the only point of power is at choice point when it's actually occurring. Kelly, like you were saying earlier, you can't talk when your spirit know you got it. This is the time to listen and you, you, you got to be quiet in that moment when you, every part of you want to correct, judge, teach, and you know in your spirit, your soul is saying, shut up. Well, guess what? The time to be different is at the choice point. You've got to shut up at that point in time, not the next time I'm going to shut up. You know what I mean? And right. I'm using strong yeah. language. But it has to happen in real time. If I could leave you with anything is that we're all just one conversation away from transformation. So you got to be very intentional about your conversations, the private ones more importantly than the public ones, because we all know what to say to look good and sound right. But what is that internal dialogue? Because our conversation is always transforming us to something or from something. Our conversations are going to transform us closer to our vision or away from our vision. Not only are you one conversation away, but you're one belief away. And in this case, we're going to add values from the conversation that we had earlier. So look and see, what are my beliefs? It's your beliefs, if you think of your beliefs as your vehicles, they transport us as human beings from point A to point B. So what are your current beliefs about your children, about their future, about all of the other stuff and some more stuff that I didn't even get to talk about today? But, you know, what are your beliefs and which ones need to be updated that are not serving? So you're one belief away from transformation. You're one action away from transformation. So the action in this case would be, is the example I'm using, would be quiet and listen. 
one action away from transformation. Examine your actions. Are these actions moving me to the solution or from the solution? Is it gonna move my child to their purpose or from the purpose? Is it freeing me or constricting me? So one action. And lastly, one choice. So four things. You're one conversation away from transformation. You're one belief away from transformation. One action away from transformation. One choice away choice. from transformation. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And so, and yeah. uh, I just really, I see my friend, um, my mentor to really support me in this conversation around value, I think is so brilliant mm -hmm. versus us looking at purpose as a thing. When it's thing, when it's a thing, it's a career, it's a skill, it's a talent. When it's that specific, it's extremely constricting versus if we can elevate value and tap our children into their values, they can arrive at fulfillment in more ways than we can count. And that's the key. That's what we want. It was what my mom said to us. I know all of us want the same thing, for them to be happy and to live a rich, full life and to be good citizens. If we that's nailed right. it down to three things, right? Yes. And so. And that's exactly right. That's what we all want. That's exactly yeah. right, no matter what. So, so you have really. Um, Can I say one more thing? Please, Kelly? please. Yeah. please. I want to say this to you all. As long as they are breathing and on the planet, it's never too late. Mm. And for those of you that think they're off track, maybe they're not. Maybe this is divine track. Mm. There's lessons. It's what you do with what happens, how you interpret what's happening that will determine, one, the experience while you're in it and how you come out of it. But if they're still here, it's never too late. And you keep getting up again. And when you lose patience and you don't want to do it and you've given up, then re-choose to get up again. Choose to believe again. And I, and I invite all of you to hold your children, the vision of your children as whole, perfect and complete in their imperfections. Hold that vision. They are not what they're doing. They're not even, if you even have a kid that an, has an addiction, they are a person with an addiction. They're not an addict. You follow what I'm saying? Absolutely. Hold them. So keep believing and, you know, don't give up. As long as they're here, you got a shot to have it turn out the way you Absolutely. want it to turn out. And them, more importantly. Thank you, Sylvia. I think, um, gosh, I've learned so much in this hour. Every time I am with you and we're with you, I think you just pour into us so beautifully. And what you talked about acceptance. So that is such a key, not being a judge or a critic, mm -hmm. um, but really learning to accept uh, who they are and their own being. I'm going to ask about values today and I'm going to work on just being quiet. That's the goal. So that's my personal intention for today. And I appreciate you all being here. And yeah. Sylvia, thank you again for being with us. Um, Absolutely. Love it when you're here. My pleasure. With that, I'll turn it over to Kelly Chapman, who will close us out in a prayer for the day. And thank you all again. So Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to be parents and to experience parenthood. We are grateful that you granted us the blessing of caring for another life. Thank you, Lord, for the chance to love, be loved, and for the opportunity to be a vessel of impact on our children. 
This journey has been filled with joy, tears, and more, yet we are grateful for it all. Lord, we realize that seeking purpose can feel daunting. Help us to understand what it is that we value and next to understand what our children value. Help us to instill and demonstrate positive values in our children so that they seek whatever it is that they want to do. Give us the grace to engage around their values. Lord, give them the heart to operate out of integrity, honesty, and become the best versions of themselves. Help us to help them realize that their thoughts and their voices matter. Remove ego from the conversation. Get ego out of the way. Then give us the grace and the humility to sit with our children, to listen generously with interest, and to hear them. Finally, we await with great expectation to be renewed in the spirit of our minds. We look forward to the future with excitement, Lord. Thank you, God. We thank you, Lord, that you numbered our days and that you will fulfill every purpose that you have for us. And finally, we give thanks to God for Sylvia High, for this community, and for the courage to grow and change. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Ooh, thank you. Amen. Thank you so much, Kelly, as always. And um, everybody have a beautiful day. I'm Kelly Richardson Lawson, and you've been listening to the Sunrise Project podcast. You can follow Sunrise wherever you listen to podcasts. If you haven't yet, open your podcast app and follow this show. Join us next week for another gathering of support. Thank you for listening. If you or someone you know is struggling with mental wellness challenges, contact your doctor, NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness, or both. You can reach NAMI's helpline at 800-950-6264, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern Time, or email at info at NAMI.org. Volunteers are working to answer questions, offer support, and provide practical next steps.